Chapter 32 of In the Pecos Country by Edward Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 32 Footsteps in the Darkness. The direct result of this exchange of shots was to make the two parties more cautious. Mickey and Fred kept further away from the campfire, which they suffered to die out gradually. There was really no need for it, and since its presence meant danger, it was only prudent to dispense with it altogether. For fully a half-hour not the slightest movement or disturbance at the opening betrayed the presence of anyone there, although there could be no doubt that their enemies were within call. "'I can't see what they can gain by loafing around them parts,' as the lassies used to observe in the old country when any of the laddies tried to cut me out with them. They needn't watch for us to come out that way, for there ain't much danger of our trying to steal out of that hole. Hello, look there, exclaimed Fred, with considerable excitement. Some of them are coming down to catch us. Mickey had already noticed that something unusual was up, and just as the lad spoke, the figure of what seemed to be a man blocked up the opening, and then began slowly descending, as if supported by a rope with which his friends were lowering him into the lower room. His form was swathed with a blanket, and there was a certain majesty in the slowly sinking figure which would have been very impressive but for the fact that it was hardly started when the thin cord by which it was suspended began to twist and untwist, causing the form to revolve forward and backward in a way that was fatal to dignity. On the impulse of the moment the Irishman had raised his gun to fire the moment his eyes rested upon the figure, but he restrained himself, not a little puzzled to guess the meaning of such a proceeding. The man, as they believed him to be, was slowly lowered until something like a dozen feet below the opening, where those who had him in charge seemed to think was the proper place to hold him on exhibition for a time. "'Are you going to shoot?' asked the boy, who did not understand the delay. "'What's the use?' he asked, with an expression of disgust. "'Why, it'll stop the man coming down on us. "'Man, do you see? "'He ain't any more a man than me gun is. "'What, then, can he be? "'Here's a blanket that they've twisted up to look as though it's gathered about the shoulders of an Apache. "'It's easy to say that there's nothing in it from the way it swings around as though it was a little toy. "'And by the same token, that little cord which holds him aloft is no thicker than a darning needle. Why they are trying such a simple trick is more than I can tell. I think I know, said Fred. They've dropped him down to find out whether we're on the watch or not. If we didn't pay any attention to it, they would think that neither of us was on the lookout, and they would send some others down to scalp us. By the powers, my laddie, I believe you're right, exclaimed Mickey admiringly. That's just the plan of the spalpains, by which token I'll tip him a shot. With this he raised his rifle, and, sighting rather carelessly, fired. The shot which was aimed at the roll of blanket missed it altogether, and cut the string which held it suspended in mid-air. The next moment there was a dull thump upon the sand, and the package lay at the feet of the Irishman, who gave it a kick to make sure of its nature. It rebounded several feet, the resistance to the blow showing that there was nothing more than the simple blanket and then he stooped over and examined it more closely by the sense of touch. "'Twas very kind of the spalpains to furnish us with a blanket that seems as good as this, though the weather ain't so cold that we need it just now.' 
but sometimes the rain comes and the northers blow and then a chap is mighty glad to have sich a convenient article about twas very kind i say the result of the little experiment on the part of the apaches it was apparent was not satisfactory to them the boy was right in his surmise of its purpose but it cannot be supposed that they counted upon losing the blanket under any circumstances it was a costly and beautiful one such as are made by the indians of the southwest and it was new enough to be clean so that the two fugitives had secured a prize at all events the apaches must have concluded that the people below were keeping watch and ward so well that no one could descend into the cave without danger of being perforated by a rifle ball shortly after this occurrence it began to grow dark above but the cause was obvious the day was drawing to a close darkness only less profound than that within the cave below was enwrapping the surface above as soon as the night had fairly descended mickey o'rooney handling a small torch with great care made his way once more to the puzzling outlet of the underground stream the inspection satisfied him of the accuracy of his theory not the slightest tinge of light relieved the impenetrable gloom mickey considered this strong proof that it was but a short distance to the free air outside and his courage rose very nearly to the sticking point of making the experiment then and there but we both need sleep he mused as he threw down his torch and made his way back by the dull glare of the expiring campfire we both lost considerable last night and a chap can't keep regular hours any more than he can when he's courtin three lassies at the same time and tryin to cape each from suspectin it i feel as though we shall have something lively to do to-morrow and so we'd better gain all the slumber we can when he reached the camp he found the lad anxiously awaiting his return they had signaled to each other several times, but the presence of the danger overhead rendered the boy more uneasy than usual when they were apart. "'Have you observed nothing?' asked Mickey in an undertone. "'Nothing at all. It's too dark, I know, to see. But maybe yous have heard something to tell you that the spalpeens are up there still. You may be sure I listened all I know how, but everything has kept as still as the grave. I haven't heard the fall of a pebble even.' What do you think the Indians mean to do? Well, it's hard to tell. It looks as though they didn't think we fell in, but had come down on purpose and had some way of getting out as easy, and they're on the lookout for us. Maybe, Mickey, there's some other way of coming in that we haven't been able to find. I hoped so a while ago, but I've given up. If them spalpeens knowed of any other way, what do they mean by fooling around that place up there, where they're likely to get shot if they show themselves? and they're likely to lose the best blankets they've got fred did not feel competent to answer this question and so he was forced to believe that mickey was right in his conclusion that there was no other way of entering the cave than by the skylight above which is the same being the case i propose that we try and see how the new blanket answers for a bid but gara but it's fine as me mother used to say when she run her hands over the head of me dad and felt the lumps made by the shillelagh and having spread the blanket out in the darkness he rubbed his hands over its velvety surface admiring its wonderful texture the texture is such that water can be carried in these apache blankets with as much certainty as in a metal vessel 
but Fred protested against both lying down to sleep at the same time. He thought it likely that the Apaches meant to visit the cave during the night, but his friend laughed his fears to scorn, assuring him that there would be no danger at all. In view of the reception tendered the blanket, the Apaches would take it for granted that the parties beneath were too vigilant to permit anyone to steal a march upon them. Mickey at once attested his sincerity by stretching out upon the inviting couch, and Fred concluded at last to join him. It was not long before the Irishman was sound asleep, but the lad lay awake a long time, looking reflectively up at the spot where he knew the opening to be, the opening which had been the means of letting himself and comrade down into that dismal retreat of solitude, and wondering what their enemies were doing. They must know that I am here. Lone Wolf will punish them if they don't keep me, so I'm sure they will do all they can to catch me again. I wish I was certain that there was no way of getting in but through that up there, and then I could sleep too, but I feel too scared to do it now. This anxiety kept him awake a long time after Mickey became unconscious. But as hour after hour passed, and the stillness remained unbroken, his fears were gradually dissipated, and a feeling of drowsiness began stealing over him. Before consciousness entirely departed, he turned upon his side, that being the posture he generally assumed when asleep. As he made the movement, and his ear was placed against the blanket which in its turn rested upon the ground, he heard something which aroused his suspicions instantly, and he raised his head. But when he rested on his hands with his shoulders thrown up, he could hear nothing at all. The earth was a better conductor of sound than the atmosphere, which accounted for what at first seemed curious. The boy applied his ear as before, and again he heard the noise, faintly but distinctly. As the eye was of no use, he pressed his head against the blanket and listened. Several minutes were occupied in this manner, and then he said in an undertone, I know what it is. It is somebody walking as softly as he can. There is another way of getting into this cavern, and those Apaches have found it out. They've got inside and are hunting for us. End of chapter 32 Read by Thomas Rose